good day, friends. Welcome to Friday, December the 17th, and today's episode of Enough for Today. I welcome you. Thanks for joining me, and we are slow walking. We're starting, really, a new psalm today, Psalm 72, so I want you to join me there. We read through this yesterday and just began to lay the groundwork. This is originally a psalm, uh, probably written by David, for Solomon, praying for his son, but it's also what we call a messianic psalm. It's a psalm that undoubtedly, frankly, from its first phrase, refers to the Messiah. And we're just going to get a couple of verses in today with with a couple of very important, um, I think, applications and encouragements. But let's pick it up in verse 1. And before we do that, let me invite you uh, this weekend. We're continuing the Christmas Oracle series. We are in Isaiah again, and I'm very much looking forward to what God is um, working in my heart to share on Sunday morning as we continue how ancient prophecy points to Jesus, Christmas, and to our lives today and enhances our celebration of what Christmas is even all about. And then Sunday night, we are hosting a wonderful evening called Starlight. It's our annual Christmas concert. Our music ministry in song and video will present the gospel. It's a tremendous outreach opportunity. So whether you're in person or live stream, I hope that you'll be a part. So open with me to Psalm 72. And let's read about David's prayer, not only for Solomon, the coming king, but also for the Messiah king that would someday come from his lineage. And that's one of the things we've been uh, studying from Isaiah 9 and 11, that that one of the ways we know Jesus by identity is that he was a direct fulfillment of all of God's promises to David. So David writes, Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. Now this is interesting because Many people believe, and for many generations have believed, that this first line of this psalm introduces two different people, uh, giving the king, and, and, and many believe that's a reference to the king, Jesus, to Messiah, thy judgments, and thy righteousness unto the king's son, and that's um, Solomon, and really the king's sons is kind of how it, it, it's speaking of David, David's lineage. And so David begins right out of the gate by kind of giving us a contrast of the now and the someday. And this is one of the big, <laughs> the big take, the big um, frameworks really of the lens through which we really live and look at all of the Bible. There's now uh, and there's someday. There's uh, the already and the not yet. Some theologians like that phraseology, okay? There's the kingdom that's growing in us, but the kingdom that hasn't been fully consummated. There's the the joy we experience now, but there is not the fullness and the consummation and the completeness of joy that we will have in God's presence. There is the peace, the shalom that God gives us now of our relationship with him and, and his grace every day, but there's not the permanent shalom around us uh, that permeates all of creation. Um, we, so we live in this juxtaposition between the salvation that we know Jesus has provided and promised and that is growing within us in knowledge and grace and wisdom. But then there's the someday fulfillment of all of his promises. There's the someday return 
of Jesus the second time, the Messiah King, the conquering hero, who not only conquered death the first time, but will conquer everything the second time and set up his kingdom and his millennial reign, followed by his forever reign uh, with the new heavens and a new earth. Oh, my friends, we are <clears throat> we're listening and, and living under and, and uh, relating to this world that is broken and flawed, and it seems so despairing and so desperate, whether it's our own bodies or our own emotions or minds or whether it's the politics and, and the threats around us and around the world and the suffering and the injustice. And so David begins the psalm by pointing to two realities. There will be a king one day in whose hand all ultimate judgment resides, okay? And until then, what do we need? We need leaders, the king's son. We need Solomon, okay, to, to have the righteousness of God uh, and the sense of what is right in his own leadership. And frankly, we need the righteousness of God applied to our lives. So David is really praying with two views. He's praying with the imminent view that Solomon is going to become king, but he's praying with a long view as well. And I, I want to drive that home to you personally for a moment that that's where we live in, in, in very much reality every single day. Every prayer of ours is a prayer with a short view and a long view. Frankly, every scripture we read, there's a short view and a long view. There's a near view and a long-term fulfillment. And so much more so when we look at the promises of Messiah, promises of Jesus, promises of hope and salvation and peace, and the promises and prophecies of God's timeline. Yes, he has given us all the strength and grace we need every day right now. Yes, he's given us the presence, the, the hope, I'm sorry, the promise of his presence, his provision, his power, his reality in our lives is, is as real right now as we need it to be. And yet we long, we long to be whole fully, completely, comprehensively whole. We long to um, have our struggles with sin cease. We long for death and sickness to no longer be a threat. We long for uh, political adversaries to be put down. We long for injustice to once and for all be dealt with. Uh, we long for wars to cease. We long for everybody that's suffering to be uh, brought into a place of brought out of bondage and brought into a place of provision and safety. We long for those that are dealing with horrible situations all over the world. So we live in this, uh, we're praying for near-term and long-term realities, and we're living with near-term fulfillments and long-term bigger fulfillments. Uh, so we have near-term peace, we have close-up peace, but we long for and pray for comprehensive peace. And my friend, God is sovereign, and that's where he's placed us. And so we savor the joy he gives us today. We live on the grace and strength he gives us today. Uh, and we rest our heads tonight, and we wake up tomorrow, and we claim the same bites and bits and pieces of grace and peace and joy and love and hope. But we long for and we look for and we hope for and we anticipate. And this is what most deeply holds us together. We anticipate the long fulfillment, the, the big fulfillment, the comprehensive uh, invasion of God into creation. And uh, like he's invaded our hearts 
he will one day invade all of creation with ultimate, ultimate peace. Until then, we trust him. We hold on to him and he holds on to us and we press forward. The word judgment in this verse and in the next verse, by the way, judgment's used a lot in these first few verses. And I want to remind you that judgment is a good thing. We think of judgment sometimes in in terms of a negative, but when you are uh, in court, you want a fair judge. You want an honest judge. You want a reasonable judge. You want a judge that's going to, to bring, if you're innocent, you want a judge that's going to be equitable and fair and give you a fair hearing and that's going to advocate for you. If you're guilty, you might be afraid of the judge. But if you could go before the judge knowing that your guilt is already absolved, that your guilt is already dealt with, then you could anticipate mercy and grace. And so even then, judgment is a good thing. So from a posture of wanting what is right morally and uh, in terms of, of a comprehensive understanding of judgment, we want a good judge and we want God to be the ultimate and final vindicator or arbiter of what is right. So look at verse 2. He shall judge thy people with righteousness. Now, is that a near-term or a long-term prayer? And the answer is yes. Yes, both. Uh, David wants Solomon to judge with righteousness, but ultimately Solomon doesn't, and Solomon won't. And ultimately Solomon's going to fail. Solomon is the the man version of salvation, and it's always going to fail. Man-made salvation, man-made systems always fail. And so Jesus is the greater. Jesus is the fulfillment of everywhere man's hope fails him. Jesus is the greater David, the greater Solomon, the greater of all of the Old Testament um, failures, hero failures. So Jesus will judge the people with righteousness. The word righteousness is used a lot in this passage. Why? Because, again, this is what we long for. We long for what is right. We long for what's wrong with us to be made right. And that's what Jesus came to make possible in his first incarnation, his first visit to planet Earth, and through his death on the cross. But we long for more than that. We long for what's wrong with creation to be made right. And so we long for right, and what the world needs is a righteous judge. And what our hearts need desperately is the hope, the promise. We need to cling to the reality and the belief that God gives us in this passage, that he is, he will be, a just judge, a right judge, and he will judge the people with righteousness and thy poor. Now think of poverty, but I want you to think of poverty in more ways than just financial poverty. That's one kind of poverty, but isn't there more kinds of poverty? Isn't there uh, emotional poverty? Isn't there relational poverty? Isn't there uh, geographical, political, geopolitical um inequity and poverty all over uh, the world. Yes. And what do you need when you've run out of what you really need, when you feel like you're out of strength and you're poor on wisdom and poor on uh, hope and poor on peace and, and, and poor on relational support? What do you need? You need a righteous judge. You need a savior king who will step in to your situation, your circumstances and vindicate and advocate for you. So my friend, he is a judge, and as your savior, he is your advocate. And so walk with him today, reach out and grab his hand, 
let your judge and your father and your king walk with you through this day. Happy Friday. We'll pick it up in verse 3 on Monday. I hope to see you this weekend. Until then, have a great weekend and a Merry Christmas and a wonderful season.